welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else, and you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Woo! Snowmageddon 2020, baby, Wednesday, December 16th. Y'all surely Mr. Paul Cuthbert here in the great state of New York. And everybody, please say hi to my friend and yours, Mr. Robert Cuny from the great state of Maryland. How you doing, pal? I'm doing fine. Greetings and salutations to all of our honchos, our loyalist honcho fans out there. And let me grinch out right at the beginning. The snow Uh-oh. here, the snow here was a meh minus. It's just starting, pal. Come on. It's not. It's. I think it's already breezed through the greater Maryland area. You know. Now that we do this, and, and maybe your your wife can attest to this, now that we do this virtual online remote learning, Michigas, snow is now just become an annoyance. Yeah, well, we, they got I, called today. We're shut down tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, Stay well, off. we get these. We got. I got a, a text yesterday and today telling me, as if people out there thought they'd be any different, remote learning will continue today despite the snow. What are you, nuts? Who, who out there thinks we're not going to have remote learning because it's snowing outside? So you are remote learning tomorrow? Absolutely. Nothing oh, has changed. Suckers. Suckers. That's, exactly. That's why the snow stinks. Now it's just, an, you know what, when I had a real job that wasn't education, just kidding about that. When I had a job where you didn't take vacations in the summer or for winter break, snow was really annoying. And I think if you got me under the hot lights of truth, I would tell you that I became a teacher for winter vacation and not summer vacation. I hate people that say, well, you teachers get the summers off. It's called unemployment. <laughs> if you call that a vacation, why, yes, yes, we do get the summers off. It's not like they give us a big check and say, it's been a rough year. Take you, 10 you weeks like, off. You don't coach lacrosse or anything in between? or uh, No, I leave that to my friend wrestling. Brian Lanham. No, no, what? no. I, I I have a summer gig. I mean, I work in the summertime, a job that requires very little mental gymnastics. You, you serve ice cream? I would go out of business in an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. And then I would have to see with a problem with an ice cream store. What do is you I do would, first? Hold on. What do you do? What do you, a uh, lifeguard? A pimp. Um, I would have to, <laughs> I would have to communicate with people. You like I would scuba? have to communi- communicate with people, and that's no good during the summer. No, I... What I do during the summertime, and this is this is going to be riveting Private eye. podcast material. No, I wish. All those things sound great. Wait, wait, are you hearing now? Ready? Ready? Rob Cuny, summertime private eye. As opposed to Rob Cuny, summertime guy who takes out old technology in schools and replaces it with new technology. Doesn't quite have the same je ne sais quoi okay. as Rob Cuny's summertime private eye. But that's what I do. All right. Well, I hope you have air conditioning. Oh, no. These buildings, when, when the kids leave, you know, back in the good old days, and oh, you can so ask you your wife. in the school district. You yes. go back into the schools? When kids used to go to oh, actual buildings, mental, school buildings, when the kids leave, the air conditioning goes off, except in the main offices where they're still working. 
And they spend the summer getting the buildings ready for kids to come back. And part of that process for a rotation of schools, again, riveting podcast entertainment, for a rotation of schools, their computers get yanked out of the building and new ones get put in. And that's where I come in. Now, do you have any, like, uh, Breakfast Club movie uh, experiences when you go back into school? Any kids in detention there, like... You mean that I've been in detention since school ended the year before the summer before? No, these are not like the uh, the soldiers on the islands around Japan that don't know that World War II was in. And they're sitting in detention going, man, we've been here a long time. When do we get to go home? So, no, I don't have any of that. No, Thank goodness. Nothing like that going on. That's just no. Nope. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. It's not that exciting. I can just, I can just picture you going back in there, you know. Right. Opening up the coming back into my classroom, going, You're still here? Like Fer- at the end of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, except without the, this fluffy robe, going, You're still here? Go home. No, that, that won't happen. All right. I could dream. The man I can just dream. Picture yes. you, you know, strutting in there, fixing the computer and bumping In my robe? Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> no, we don't want that. We don't no, want nobody that. wants that. All right. So now we know what Rob Cooney does uh, in his off time during the summertime. Everybody was dying to know that, I'm sure. So wow. you're welcome. It's intriguing hey. stuff. So what else is hey. going on, pal? I mean, uh, we're winding down this uh, this year here, this great 2020. Thank goodness. And before and we, we go have... any further, hold on. Before yes. we go any further, we just want I'm, to give I'm, our I'm, listeners a heads I'm up. Holding. Okay. We're do a special 30-minute holiday special. Hold on, hold on. 30 minutes, which means about, you know, 70 minutes. But okay, well, we're going to tend to do 30 a minutes. six-hour Honchothon. Remember the third hour I always joke about? Get ready. Strap yourselves in for an extra long, extra dreamy, extra holiday-esque sports honchos next week. And then we'll say TTFN to 2020. Not soon enough, I might add. Yes, and we're going to take a break on the 30th. We're going to skip yes. a week. So Sorry. We can, um, eat all the leftovers. Right. Get ready for 2021. However, if if anybody wants us to, you know, call them and hang out for 20 minutes on the phone talking sports, uh, we'll tweet out our phone numbers. Mine's 911. I'm not sure what Paul's is, but, you know, just give us a call. Hey, you know what? That goes anytime. You want to talk is, sports uh, with the honchos? Hold on. Mine is right. 867 Thank you, Tommy Two-Tone. And Jenny, um, Jenny might answer for me. Okay. Yeah. So, so other than those, you know, special occasion calls that are creepy and unwarranted, uh, next week will be our last show for 2020. And and speaking of the holidays, you know what I have here, Paul? What do you have? You can hear the pal? paper rustling. It's another map, another map of what people in these here United States like to eat. And this time, it's the most popular Christmas snack. Hey, which is very timely considering it's Hanukkah. Uh, this is the ha- this map that I have in my hand highlights the most popular Christmas treat each state according to timeout.com, which I'm sure is a very reputable website, not yet a sponsor of the sports on shows. And and they didn't just get this through, you know, asking a couple people in each state. They actually lay out here how they got this information. Career site Zipia here, hold on, I'll give him there's a little free endorsement. Crunched the numbers on this one. Looking at Google Trends, the company examined over 40 classic Christmas treats and determined which one is searched for disproportionately across states. It's a little disturbing the way they got this information. But if you're wondering where should I go to spend my Christmas time, which state I should visit 
for the, let me tell you which ones you shouldn't. Okay. First of all, if you go to Arizona, what's better on a nice 90 degree day on Christmas in Arizona than a nice steaming cup of hot chocolate? For some reason, that was the most sought out Christmas dessert, hot chocolate. Uh, Hawaii, which we know loves their hash brown casserole, knocked it out of the park again with Oreo cheesecake. Now, if you like cheesecake, Oreo cheesecake sounds pretty yummy. But here's what you should stay away from. Indiana pudding. If you like to gum your dessert, I suggest you go to the Midwest. Iowa Oreo balls. I had Oreo balls once. God, they were itchy. Uh, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky also enjoys gumming their food with some nice pudding. Let's see. Missouri, please, for the love of God, Mr. and Mrs. Honcho, don't go to Missouri this Christmas, because if you do, you'll be treated with grandma's own secret recipe, a warm tray of vegan Christmas cookies. Mm. Mm. What the mm. hell? What's the point? Let's go Mizzou, or whatever their, their fight song thing is. Ah, Nebraska. Nebraska, where they really try York peppermint patties. Hey, I spent hours in the kitchen ripping open this plastic bag of York peppermint patties. Here you go, everybody. And and by the way, they're a they're pain delicious. in the ass to open, too. They are, but they're delicious. But, I, you know, if, if you go to someone's house for Christmas and they're like, I slaved away from this meal for hours, here's your York peppermint patty. Recommended by Dentist Daily. Uh, North Carolina and South Carolina enjoy the fruitcake. So oh, they got no a bunch I- from down there, baby. <laughs> Please don't make any trips. Out to the Carolinas. Tennessee, again, weird how Kentucky and Tennessee are like, you know, soulmates. They're laying on top of each other, and yet they both enjoy the pudding. Uh, Wyoming, eggnog. Now, I love eggnog. Love eggnog. But I don't know that that's my favorite dessert. And here's where they're really. Hold on a second. It's not a dessert. It's a snack. I know. It's It's a a drink. drink. But they call it, it's on their list of popular Christmas treats. I guess treat would include drinks like hot chocolate, eggnog. Washington State Skittles, which is appropriate because it was once the home of uh, Marshawn Lynch when he played for the Seahawks. But you know where they've really given up? And I mean, tell me, Rob. Paws up on their back saying, we're done. Utah. Are you ready? Jolly Ranchers. How is that even related to? I can see York peppermint patties because it's, you know, peppermint and wintry and. Whatever no, else, but you but Jolly Ranchers. You know now I want one. You want a Jolly Rancher? They're delicious. You want a happy, a happy cowboy, as I like to call them. So, you know, uh, let's see. New York, if you're wondering, uh, cheesecake. Surprise, surprise. Maryland gingerbread cake, which you know is fabulous. I'm not going to lie. So, didn't say uh, gingerbread clam cake. Gross, and that's not Maryland. <laughs> Crab cake. A gingerbread crab cake, which is even more horrifying to think about. So there are some now California. We give California a lot of grief, but peppermint chocolate chip cookies, sign me up. Yes, please. Or, oh, Idaho, the candy cane. The candy corn of Christmas. A candy cane the, again, I just tore open a box I got from the local drugstore of candy canes. Here you go, everybody. Eat up. Mm-mm. And you know they're long lasting. So nobody goes home a loser. And there you go. There's your map. Last map probably for 2020. But don't worry. Maybe I'll find another one. Maybe you want one of these days. Pudding. Yuck. Oh, I like pudding. But it's just, it doesn't hold any appeal. It's pudding. Eh, You know, again, pudding, yummy. I I wouldn't 
push it away from the dessert tray, but what are we really talking stuff. about here? It is, I guess. Well, Again, if I could come your... A merry little Christmas. And you've put us all in the mood, Rob. You've made us all hungry. All hungry. Hungry for the holiday fun. Soon let's October. all take... Let's take a moment to reflect on what we're thankful for this holiday season as the music plays in the background. Ah, uh, yes. Everyone, just take a moment to reflect. It's a good sign, though. This is fabulous podcast entertainment yet again. First, what do I do to spend, what do I work on in the summer? And then we're just going to listen to Christmas music. In fact, next Wednesday, the show really is just going to be us putting on a, a, a Spotify playlist and walking away. There you go. Well, it's definitely a good time, my friend. Yes. To jump in to the world of college sports. Yes, Woo-hoo! indeed. That's me. I'm on the drive, buddy. Look at me go. Woo. If you could my see buddy me now. Larry on the horns back there. Go, Larry. If you could Woo. see me, I'm. there's some boppage happening. Woo. Oh, yeah. Lots um, going on. Colleges. Colleges. Most of it Do is you college. Know where football. your college kid is. Uh, mine is right upstairs, actually. Is he? He finished his last exam this afternoon, and now he's officially on vacay uh, until the end of January. Congratulations, a little little tiny cuny. What exact tiny? He's like six three. <laughs> what exactly am I paying for? A month off? That's even more than I get. See, I should have uh, been a college well, that's professor. That's why you get Let's the see, they, bucks. But it's, you know, it's, pro- it's the computer work you're doing yeah. in the summer, buddy. The, the college professors have to really work hard and publish things. And, you know, they, I'd be All done. All right, buddy, what's going anyway, on in the world of college sports, baby? Although it's a pile of college football stuff. That's okay. That's really what's the, going on. The, well, but, but the, the, story, the story of the week has got to be the, the bitch fest, the slap fest, the pissing contest between Alabama basketball coach Nate Oates and everybody's favorite weasel-faced basketball coach, Duke's That's Mike Krzyzewski. Well, I know it's... It's mean, Paul, but it's actually got a grain of truth to it. That's my Mike Krzyzewski impersonation. Thanks. I'll be here all week. Very good. Very well. So for those that are not up to speed on the quibble of one Nate Oates, who perhaps you've heard of from all the championships he's won. uh, So it's not been the best of years for the Duke Blue Devils. Um, They're off to an uncharacteristically slow start for a team that fancies itself to be a national championship contender year after year. Um, Krzyzewski was, after he lost this past week to Illinois, he said he once again echoed his sentiments about whether or not it's appropriate to play college basketball right now. And perhaps we should delay the college basketball season until there's a vaccine and people can get back in the gym. The same thing we mentioned last week that Rick Pitino and Ackerman said and Jay Billis said. And Nate Oates said at a news conference, quote, do you think if Coach K hadn't lost his two non-conference games at home, that he would still be saying that, adding, we 100% should be playing basketball. Uh, following his team's 83-68 loss, number six, Illinois, on Tuesday, Duke's second non-conference home loss this season, Krzyzewski urged college basketball officials to reassess the state of the sport following a series of cancellations and postponements, including a highly anticipated matchup between number one, Gonzaga, and number two, Baylor. To which I say, boo-hoo. 
Oh, come on, we're explicit. Say boo. Fucking oh, who. fucking who, Nate Oates. You know, okay, maybe, just maybe, and I, I wouldn't put it past old Mike Krizwicki to say we shouldn't be playing college basketball after seeing his team perhaps circling the drain a bit, a down year for the Blue Devils. We all remember that after the championship run of the early 90s, his team fell into disarray, and then Krzyzewski had a, quote, back injury that forced him off the sideline. can't see Rob, he just put up his fingers and did the quotes thing. Right. Good old Pete Gaudet took over for him, and then when the team did not do as well as Krzyzewski does, he said, well, I don't think those wins or losses should be on my record. You, they should be on, that. on Pete yeah, Gaudet's well, record. <laughs> it just sounds like some basic creeper. Anyway, so I understand there's animosity towards Krzyzewski. He's not the most likable fellow, but first of all, this is not the first time that he has said we should postpone the season. He's been saying that for months. In fact, the story I read last week in which Jay Billis echoed the same comment, Krzyzewski is already on record as saying we should postpone the season. In fact, he said, I would just like for the safety, the mental health, and the physical health of our players and staff to assess where we're at. In our country today, we have 2,000 deaths a day. Now it's up to three. You have 200,000 cases, a million and a half last week. You have people saying the next six weeks are going to be the worst. To me, it's pretty bad. So it's not like he just decided, oh, gee, I lost two non-conference games. Maybe I should. What's a good excuse not to play? Oh, yeah, the pandemic. Nobody's talking about COVID. I can use that as a shield. So let me just say, Krzyzewski should have said, to echo the great Patrick Waugh, and I believe you might have been talking to my good friend Jeremy Roenick. I'm going to paraphrase. Hold on. Before you do this, hold on. Yes. You have to do it in a French accent. Oh, I can't do it in a French-Canadian accent. At least try. No. Come on. You, I'm just going to paraphrase on. what he said. I've, I've got, Coach K I've how got to the say to NATO. The headphones, they want a French-Canadian accent for this imitation. Go. You're done. Oh, 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 no way. No, I can't do it. I'll call, call, call Pepe Le Pew. He can read it for me. That's all I know about French culture, what I saw in Pepe oh, Le Pew cartoon. I tried. I tried and, books. And, and the dude from Hogan's Heroes. Okay. So to quote, to paraphrase the great Patrick Waugh. Coach K should have said to Nate Oates, I can't hear what you're saying with my five championship rings stuck in my ears. By my count, and let me check my notes because, you know, I'm a man who does his research. That's um, one, two, five more than Nate Oates has won in Alabama. So you know what, Nate Oates? Shut up. Just zip it. Okay, when you've won something, tell you what, when you win a championship, give us a call. Give us a call at the Honchos. Again, 911 would be the number to find me at. And now we can move on with our lives. You know, it's oh. uh, it's a pretty good stuff there. I got to tell right. you, uh, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing that pleases me more. makes me lean back in my seat, fold my arms when somebody who hasn't won nothing. He hasn't won dick. Nothing. If you'll pardon my French. Hey, there you go. I didn't know that was French. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I get a kick out of that. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one thing if it's legitimate griping. But this is just sour grapes. And they didn't even play each other. They're not even in the same conference. They're not even the same zip code. I don't even know what he's so upset about. I mean, They're this not is not even like... the same Robert Cuny imitation uh, bracket. Exactly. Thank you, Paul. You, only, you been... only do imitation for one of them. I'm trying to work on this. <laughs> you better work on it. Work on some French-Canadian... Uh, no can do, Langlois, monsieur. My friend. Okay. You said French, man. French Canadian. I'm out. Yes. 
You know, is that a real country? You still can tell Jeremy. I cannot hear him. <laughs> so, as we move on, after I just insulted that was half Russian, that was entire, Thank Let's you, the entire on. nation of Canada. Uh, <laughs> college football. You know what I'm rooting for this weekend? A lot of big games this weekend. You know what I'm rooting for, Polly? I'm rooting for chaos. <laughs> Wait, chaos. we've had chaos all season long. No, no, not. COVID chaos that would that we've already had we've believe me we've had a, a a plenty of COVID chaos I'm rooting for college football playoff chaos okay, okay. we got the ACC SEC Big Ten championships this weekend uh, for those that don't know the most recent rankings and the last rankings before the I official hear everybody's a little upset with the rankings the official selection show is Sunday but right now uh, you've got Bama you've got Notre Dame Clemson and Ohio State. And by the how, way, how does I, Mr. Cooney I, feel about those rankings? I just I have to ask one thing quickly. Sunday, there's the selection show at noon on the mighty four-letter ESPN. It's a four-hour show picking the top the, the top four and then the New Year's six, the other six teams that will play on New Year's Day and the non-playoff Bulls. Four hours. So what do you think provides more discomfort, Paul? The dreaded... Uh, erection lasting more than four hours or having to watch at noon on Sunday a four-hour selection show to tell you who's going to be in the bowl games, which they can do in about a minute and a half or an email blast. So I'll just let you ruminate on that one. Um, but yes, people are upset, which is why I'm rooting for chaos. Because this... I'm with you. I'm, I'm that guy. I like chaos. It's, it's, it's predetermined. The fate has already been sealed before they even had their first poll. The people that the, the TV honchos like to have a certain cachet with their playoffs and Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, especially Notre Dame and Ohio State. They're, they're, I mean, we saw with the Big Ten changing their rules just to make sure that Ohio State can play in the championship game. But here's what I think. This is what I'd like to see. And, and I grant it. Uh, I'd like to see. Florida beat Alabama in the, NC, in the SEC championship. Northwestern to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. And uh, to see Notre Dame beat Clemson in the ACC championship, well, as much you, as it pains me to say you that. I hate Notre Dame. I do, but I, I like chaos. So I'm, I'm a conflicted. I'm a conflicted Rob Cuny. Now, I realize. I mean, was that pain? I mean, you must have pain in your, it, in it, your veins it that you. It, it hurts. But look, it, to, to paraphrase the late, great John Candy. From planes, trains, and automobiles, I'd have a better Hold chance on. of. You've got to do this with a Wisconsin no. accent. What's with all the accents? <laughs> oh my God! If you want me to do a Jewish mother accent, I'll do all of my impersonations like that. How about this, Booby? Oh, I'd have man. a better chance of playing pickup sticks with my butt cheeks than seeing those things happen. I just slipped out of that accent because it actually makes my head hurt to do I that. Mean, between so, between the penis and butt cheeks, I'm really kind of concerned. Right. We have to have a talk after the show. And believe me, that's terrible real estate between the penis and the butt cheeks. <laughs> and I, I taint messing around. And you, you went there. Anyway, right, the, the late, anyway, great John I, Candy in a said, Rob Cooney voice. All right, he said we'd have a better chance of playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks than I would of seeing any of those things happen. But in the event those three things do happen, okay, Notre Dame winning, Florida winning, Northwestern winning, just – Hear me out on this one. Alabama and Texas A&M, one loss each with Florida beating Alabama, Alabama beating Texas A&M, and A&M beating Florida. You can pick any of those teams to replace Alabama. Clemson with two losses, both to Notre Dame. They got to be out. 
Ohio State with one loss and only six games played. Okay, so how can all four of those teams, if all those, if those scenarios happen, how can all four of those teams stay in the picture without sacrificing the integrity of the process? Cue the laugh track. I know we don't have a laugh track, but if we had one, when I said integrity of the process, you'd hear uproarious laughter from our live studio audience. The answer is it doesn't matter what happens. They predetermine these things, and no matter how much chaos we get, we might see one team that's not in the final four from Tuesday get in, but we're going to see the same thing. It's just – it's so anticlimactic. I mean, and, and for the teams that are below four, like if you're at below 10, you got no chance, barring cancellations and forfeits. So if all these things happen and we still have the same final four, maybe Texas A&M nudges in and Clemson comes out with two losses – no matter what happens, we're going to see these same four teams. And, and and as a side note, we're already seeing teams like Virginia Tech was the latest today to join BC and Pitt and Virginia and Stanford saying, you know what, uh, we've had enough college football during the pandemic. We're going to go home and forego the bowl season. We've seen bowls, certain bowls, you know, pick up their fold up the tents and go home because it's not worth having the Rose Bowl. The city of Pasadena won't allow friends and family to come to the game, so they're thinking about packing it up and moving it to Texas, of all places. And they can't call it the Rose Bowl because the city of Pasadena owns that name. But this is what college football wanted this year. They wanted to to go all in on the season, and it's just one thing we're going to see after this season at these bowl games, unless they're the, the, the big four, they don't really matter. What are kids really playing for? Yes, they love playing the game, but under these circumstances, this is kind of the bed that the NCAA has made for itself. So I just hope they give us something, some kind of surprise after this, the four-hour erection that is the Sunday selection show. And it's not Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, and Ohio State again, again, and again, and again. Or expand the playoffs to six or eight like we've talked about before. Now that would be something. That would be chaos. It would be chaos, and, and I'm already thinking ahead. I'm, I'm when the, and the college football season is finally over. I expect a full, almost like a uh, a speech from you, summarizing how how it all went. Okay, oh, sure thing. I'll get right on that. And then, um, Harvey, come here, Harvey. Yeah, look, did you hear what Cuny said before? He wants Notre Dame to win. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right, Hawk. Let's Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Tell Harvey to hang out for a second. No, no. Tell him to come back in. I'm going to try this. I'm going to say the integrity of the process, and then you cue Harvey. Okay, you ready? Uh, how can all four of these teams stay in the picture without oh, sacrificing the integrity of the process? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Harvey. Get out of here. Go. Bring Harvey is not a, beer. not a member of the Gags gang, but his application is being reviewed, and if something opens up, we'll be sure to call him. Oh, my Lord. we got to give Harvey a few days off. We, <laughs> we'll, we'll give him the rest of the year off. What do you think? All right, buddy. Well, you know, that's some fun stuff. It should be interesting. Um, I'm going to pack a lunch for the four-hour program, and I expect a fully detailed Every hour, 
Report on my desk on Monday, please. Okay? Sure. Uh, again, that's a lot of homework you've given me. I feel like you're the teacher. No. Maybe you should swap out computers during the summer. You better get your act together. Okay? All right. We're leaving the college dormitories. Time to head inside with some NHL and some NBA talk. And a little yeah. uh, hot stove baseball, which they're primarily doing inside, too. What do you say there, pal? All right? All right. Okay. Woo! Hold on, don't start yet. I'm, I'm, I'm holding. Gotta get let that new riff kick in. Woo! All right. I can't wait, Rob, until we can all head back on inside. Watch some puck indoors. Watch some NBA. Go get $18 beers, $14 pretzels, $65 nachos, $300 retro jerseys. I can make all those things except for the jerseys for you at a far cheaper price. Come on over to my house for some pretzels and nachos and beer. Again, uh, the address you ask, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It's the house with the columns. Oh, and bring a gun because that's they like that in our neighborhood. All right. So, oh, so man. much baseball news. I know we got some hockey news we have to get to, but so much baseball news, especially in the last couple of days. Um, but I guess the biggest news, especially for those of us who are fans – of the woofed skins. Wait, wait, that's football, what dummy. The hell are you talking I know. About? The Cleveland Indians yes. are changing their name. They've already gotten rid of the offensive Chief Wahoo mascot. Um, and now they're changing their name to something else. Don't know about the colors, don't know any of that. But but here, here's the important part about the name change. We'll get to the social ramifications in a moment. Uh, Paul Dolan, the owner of the Indians has said that we'll be the Indians in 2021. That's next season. And then after that, it's difficult and a complex process to identify a new name and do all the things you do around activating that name. We are going to work as quick a pace as we can while doing it right, but we're not going to do something just for the sake of doing it. We're going to take the time we need to do it right. And I say, amen, Paul Dolan. See, unlike little Danny Snyder, who was backed into a corner Insults. Fly and and well, believe me, he's insulted the Washington, the Wolfskin fans for twenty Stop years. So using that name, it's horrible. It's better than Washington football. It's almost team. like you're so blowing up into the microphone, and it's he's. And it's I, I will in a moment. If you like, if if that's entertaining to people, I will do that. Um, he Dolan is doing it right. You know, Snyder was backed into a corner and had this knee-jerk reaction of, "Okay, the name's out, we're retiring it." And then someone said, well, "What's the new name?" Well, I don't know. New name. Oh, I didn't think about that before I got rid of the old name. So what Snyder should have done, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have changed the name, but he should have said, look, the time has come to change the name for the 2020 season and possibly the 2021 season. We're still going to be the Redskins because we want this a proud franchise, a lot of history, a lot of tradition. I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing. You're taking our NBA and NHL time, and you're talking about your no, no, football I, I, I'm, team. No, I'm going to spin it back here. around. No, I see, I'm no, I see spinning it back around. No, we, Paul you, Dolan. You've, we've heard this from you already. Tired I, of it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Shut it. Shut it. Okay. You, Keep is, it uh, to a minimum on right, your fine. football team that plays in the National Mediocrity League. It's because you time you, for that later. It's because you said I can't call them Stay the Wolfskins. Anyway, Dolan. The Indians, please. Silence. Quiet. Thank you. 
You're worse than my students. Dolan is keeping the name until they find one. Rather than insult his fans and say, all right, well, here, we're now the Cle- one of the names that was mentioned, the Cleveland Rocks. Get the hell out of here with that shit. Okay? So if that's what Cleveland wants, if they're desperate to get rid of the name, Dolan could say, fine, that's we're offensive. no longer Cleveland Indians. It's already for the Cleveland Rocks. Rockers. Now, I will say, they one of the names being thrown around is the Cleveland Spiders, which goes back to the team from the 1800s. It's kind of a cool name. It still speaks to their tradition. But whatever it is, the point is, is that they're not rushing for a new name. They've acknowledged it. They're going to change it. They already got rid of Chief Wahoo and replaced it with the very boring but not offensive Block C. So I applaud this move. Now, the bigger issue, of course, is, you know, Redskins are gone. Indians gone. What about Braves? What about Blackhawks? What about the Chiefs? That's where it gets a little stickier. See, I, but I don't, I don't I, think so. I mean, the Redskins, that's no, – that's, I don't think that's, that's, a, that's so much. I mean, we were used to growing up as kids. That's the worst. That's the worst. That's in the top of the food chain in terms really of offensive. Problem. I don't know. But Indians are, – so are you saying that the Indian name is okay as long as they get rid of the offensive mascot? I don't. I don't really have a problem with the name so much. I get it, and you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over this. And I think it'll be all right to change it. The Braves. I don't think that needs to be changed. Blackhawks. Blackhawks is not offensive. No, it's it's it's. it's, I'm saying this is the drum. Like a team of Cherokees or the the Mohegans. uh, I mean, to me, that's that's like. It's the same way. It's I think it's respectful. It's 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 a right. group. It's a group of people, but it's not derogatory like you Redskins and then putting, you know, it's a little different. That's just my well, opinion. Right, and I, I think that's if you look at the the Blackhawks, if you look at the Braves, although the Braves used to have a a, a very offensive Indian mascot of their own, um, but the Blackhawks, everything about. Their the name, the logo, it's very dignified and respectful. It's it's hard to put them in the same category. Redskins, offensive. Indians, politically incorrect. The mascot, terribly offensive. It's a cut and dry situation. See if it, look the Indians, there's a proud, there's a very proud history to this. The, there's a, the Indian to me growing up, like I said, it's a it's a proud figure. I I mean we could go on a tangent here as far as like Hollywood and. Right. And everything else they've butchered and done the wrong things about. But I think there should be like a, a proud part of the Indian history, the American Indian history, like the Black Hawk. You know, we're thinking of like a chief with a headset and stuff. They were they were incredible military, you know, fighters and survivors. There's, I think to me, you know, it, it all depends on how you look at it. So names that are not derogatory or don't talk about skin mm-hmm. color or anything else, but maybe, a t- you know, a, um, a tribe of Indian. Uh, Indians like the Seminoles. Name. Yeah, the Seminoles. I mean, that yeah. to me, that's that's acknowledging it, and there's nothing wrong with having some pride for that, as far as I'm concerned. So, right. you know, the Braves. To, I mean, I'm sorry, the Indians. To me, if they call the team the Indians, to me, I'm okay with it as long as they they change the like I said, the goofball uh, right. logo. I get it, and give it a little respect, you know. And, and if you make it a respectful presentation of it, like we're like the Cleveland Indians are respecting. The, the American Indian. If you do it that approach, I think that's a positive way to do it. So, um, right. but again, you know, we don't, we don't, like I said, you, you've talked about it here. The name change is really, it's, it's on the city. It's on the, 
the, the fans, it's, it's what it means to the local group, uh, the local community, and then you guys have to look at yourselves in the mirror in terms of how that represents in terms of the rest of the, you know, the state, the city, and, and the people that it may or may not offend. You know, we're kind of lucky here. There's a lot of cities, obviously, in this country, you know, that don't have to deal with this. Right. Um, because they don't, they haven't done that, you know, I mean, so. This is, this is the, again, if you look at the spectrum, you've got Redskins, even though the logo was very dignified, that name, it has to go. It's offensive. There's no real, the argument that it's not offensive doesn't really hold water. But when you get to Indians, it's, it's, it's not, again, I'm, for those that can't see me, I'm putting my quotes up, quotes my quotes, right, fingers yeah, up, politically correct. Is that really enough to change it? Maybe, maybe not. But then you start, as you said, drifting into names that aren't offensive, certainly tribal names like Blackhawk, like Seminole. I just think that this train is is you're not going to stop this train from just rolling into every station where there's a name that's using a group as a mascot. I just I don't maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I just don't see in a decade, let's say, Braves, Chiefs, Blackhawks, even the Seminoles, who the Seminole tribe has blessed Florida State using their name. They have allowed and celebrate the tradition of the, the burning spear being thrown into the ground. They All of that is given permission See, by the know, tribe. And, and I'm sorry, Rob. In that conversation, what you're just saying there right there, it's almost – it's a way – I would imagine maybe in terms of if it's only the Seminoles or whatever – you don't want to erase the history of the American Indian. Right. You know, they're a huge part of this country. It's, it's, they're, unfortunately, it's a terrible tragedy in this country. But they, you know, they were, they were the first ones here. They were an amazing right. people. And it, sh- it, it should, I hope it's not eradicated. I hope you don't want to lose. Well, you know, it, it, the, look, everybody that's come here, even before, uh, the American colonists, the age of exploration, the French, the Spanish, the English, and then later on us, there are the American colonists. It's been a, just a series of terrible laws and rules and practices designed to, you know, exterminate the entire culture of the native American. So you say you don't want to erase the history. And I think the native American groups that are against these names being used, their goal is to preserve the history and preserve it in a way that's much more dignified than a Chief Wahoo, than a Washington Redskin, than being some sports team's mascot. I'm not saying this is my position, but that would be the other side of the argument that we have to preserve their history and we can do it through mascots. And in some of, again, with the Blackhawks, with the Seminoles, that tradition is being preserved in a dignified and fair way, unfortunately, because there are so many sports teams that use the the native american history not as a punchline but you know as a again as a mascot and and and, 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 and use the, the, the things respect, like the tomahawk chop for instance with respect right and that's but but i think you and i are rational right thinking people sort of and we can see that but you know the crowd you know, the mob mentality of all these names have to go. I just think at some point, if you're a fan of a team that has a Native American mascot, certainly on the professional ranks, embrace it now. <laughs> and here's what I don't want to see. Okay, let's say in 2022, they're the Cleveland Spiders. Just throwing it out there. 
everything that happened before 2022, don't erase the name Indian. Just like I said, when they talk about things that happened before this year, it was the Washington Redskins that did it, not the Washington football team. So I don't want Cleveland to say, you know, in 1948, the Cleveland Spiders went to the World Series yeah, because they a, didn't. that's not going to happen. Well, but you never know. That's what I'm saying. No, Where does not. it end? No, I'll well, write a letter. You, I'll write a letter. You say that. Well, we'll all write letters. I'll write I'm a just letter. Saying the, I'll sing a song. I don't, a put, I, don't put anything, I don't put anything past people. Be so. hopeful. I am hopeful. I think it's a good move. Let's see where I'm curious to see what Cleveland comes up with. Do they stick with the Native American theme? They stick with the colors. They go a completely different direction. All I know is this. They'll probably screw it up because most changes of names are lame. Well, let's talk about, you know, some positive things like the, um, the, the hockey Eagle league uh, recognition. Yes, that was other concerned. big news today. The major leagues are now uh, uh, finally, after how many decades? I mean, that to me is it, like hello. Or, hey, acknowledging the Negro leagues that they were major leaguers. It's ridiculous. And and it's it's ridiculous. It took this long. Um, the thing that the thing that's going to be very interesting, and obviously there's work to be done, but Elias Sports Bureau and the major leagues are now saying, well, we got to go back and re-examine some of these baseball milestones because the records now from you know you've got. 28 years of Negro Leagues playing. You have 3,400 players in their statistics. You now have to fold in to the Major League Baseball bloodstream, including, for instance, you know, for how many years that we thought the last person to hit 400 was Ted Williams with 406, right, in 1941. Now, if you put the Major League or the uh, Negro League players into the Major Leagues, uh, Josh Gibson. In 1943 at 441, which not only is the last person to hit 400, uh, but it's the best ever. Yep. It would be the record for the best ever. So, which is great. I I just, it's just speaking of chaos. I mean, this is going to throw the record book into chaos and all, you know, baseball is the one sport where you say a number and it has meaning. You said 61. That was the, the Roger Maris record. You said 406, Ted Williams, the Joe DiMaggio 56 game hitting streak. And on and on, you know, seven fifty-five. I'm I'm not going to include all the Barry Bonds, Mishigas, but those numbers those numbers mean something. So now we got to get used to a whole new set of numbers, maybe. So in addition to how great this is, even though it's long overdue, I'm interested to see what the record books look like once they finish folding in and compiling all the stats for these guys. But for today, it's great, and it just kind of snuck in there. On a, on a Wednesday afternoon during a snowstorm, hey, everybody, the Negro Leagues are now part of the major leagues. What? It's just – it's weird how little fanfare it got. But leave it to your honchos to make sure it gets included in your favorite show with the word honchos in it. Absolutely. Hey, look, a couple other uh, MLB notes too. And, and again, uh, not to make light of the uh, uh, the Negro League recognitions. It's huge. And uh, it's yes. fascinating. Anybody else, if you are clueless as to the, the incredible players and, and, and the Negro League, you have, there's, there's some mo- great movies, some great documentaries. You have to research it. Some of the just yep. phenomenal, uh, great players uh, that unfortunately, because of the you know, tragic history of this country here, um, that were just you know, pushed aside here. But there's still, just amazing stories. Amazing baseball yep. stories and just amazing talent. And um, and they they cut it off at 1948, by the way, because of, that's when Jackie Robinson 
So, you know, that's why that's going to be the last year of the, and that they count. And then became the greatest right. league. Right. You know? They got their acts together. All right. Um, Real quick, talk about uh, Dombrowski in, uh, in Philly. And we also got to just, uh, we got to do a little Mets, oh. you know. Just a little Mets? Well. A little tiny um, little bit of Mets. So the new general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies is uh, Dave Dombrowski. Now, Dave Dombrowski is what I like to call uh, every team that he touches turns into what I like to call a win now comet because it burns bright and then the team disappears. And he will, his, his mode, his modus operandi, if you will, is to sacrifice the future for the present, just like he did in Miami just like he did in Detroit, and just like he did in Boston. Now, the nice thing is, if you're fans of these teams, so Philly fans get ready, uh, these teams made it to the World Series, and in the case of Florida and Boston, won the World Series, and then the teams disappeared, either because they were parts were sold off, or more to the point, like with, is that with Detroit and Boston, is he empties the Warrens of the minor league talent for the sake of signing and retaining big-name free agents, and then can't afford them. And has nobody to back to backfill when all the minor league talent has been sent away. So if you're a Philly fan, be excited now and be worried about the future later. In other words, what, what Dombrowski likes to say is, you know what? Don't look out the window to see what's coming. Just enjoy the now. You get yourself a World Series appearance, maybe a victory, and we'll deal with that other stuff later. It's a win-now approach, which is fine. The best part about this is – with Philly now having something to look forward to, because this is a guy who wants to win now, build something around Real Muto, build something, build something around Hoskins and 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 Harper. But every other team, if you're a, if you're a Nats fan, which I am not, you got to be worried because every team in that division now, the Mets are on the upswing, the Phillies are on the upswing. We know about the Braves, even the Florida. Mar- I'm sorry, excuse me, sorry. The Miami Marlins are on the upswing, while the Nats are just getting old, leaking oil. So, but you just I, won the World Series, so just chill out over there. I, listen, they I'm could, they, you know, I they, couldn't the be Nats happier. Can, the Nats can take a break now for another 15 years. It doesn't matter. People fold the franchise. Yes, exactly. Shut so it that, down. That would, but yeah. So Philadelphia fans, you have you should be both overjoyed and a little frightened. Good stuff. So we'll see what we'll see what happens in the next couple of years in Philadelphia. Now, now meanwhile, the, New York, you know, the Yankees are trying to still sign DJ Lamar. They got to get DJ back here. It's, I think it's four hundred million dollars is the difference between. The oh, two. is that it? Yeah, something That's like that. Not- but they'll make it work. But you know, the team, the team that is really, you know, just taking all the news around here in New York, you know, in the Flushing, Flushing area here, City Field. It's your amazings. The Mets, baby. Steve Cohen comes in here. Had a really nice time down at the stadium the other day with the season ticket holders. It was wonderful. But now they bring in Jared Porter. All right? This guy, he's only won four championships. Only? Only four. (laughs) Hanging around uh, Epstein there. He's got three with the Red Sox. One with the Cubs. And uh, he was just recently in charge of uh, player development and the draft over at the Arizona Diamondbacks where they drink hot chocolate. Right? At, at the holidays. So yeah. so he's an Epstein, a Theo Epstein disciple, recently yes. retired. Does that mean Epstein will come in and be his boss with the Mets? 
Are I, they paving I, I the way? I don't know, but they're uh, they're dancing in the streets here in Flushing, New York. Really excited about this, and uh, they also signed uh, McCann, right? I believe catcher. I mean, yes, things James are McCann. happening here. Some amazing things are happening for the new Mets, the New York no. Mets. I'm I'm gonna have to ask. In fact, I'm gonna taking, have to ask Sports Honchos Mets. They're taking the York out of the name, and they're just calling themselves the New Mets. Well, I I'm I will I'm gonna ask. Again, Sports Honcho's Mets insider, Pat Sakura, what his take is on all the big news out of Flushing. Let's go, Mets! With the Porter, the Porter job, the McCann's, the McCann's signing is great. Okay, as long as not Brian McCann. <laughs> they got the correct McCann. Still never going to win a championship again, but uh, it's that, that, exciting. That, that, it's exciting. It is exciting. You guys, just like you said about the Nationals, I think you guys have plenty on the mantle space. Leave, leave some trophies for some of the other folks. You know, you know what the Yankees do in the offseason? They count dust, their trophies. They dust the trophies. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. There's a little baseball talk. But now, time to go to the gridiron. Ah, oh, yes. All right. You let N- that music play. The I NML, baby. The National Mediocrity League. The National Mediocrity League. There's lots going on, baby. It is a fun time if you're a football fan. It sure is. No it, matter if you if you like football, good football, but if you like bad football, mm-hmm. woo, we got some stinkers to talk about. Now right. I will I will avoid spending the entire segment on your favorite team, the Wolfed Skins. But I do oh want to start. <laughs> I do want to start. You know me, Paul. You know I am the defender of the defenseless. Yes, you are. I am. Especially whether you to the NFC whether you East. Would, whether you admit it or not, I am the defender of the defenseless. Everybody last week was just bashing at now former defensive coordinator Greg Williams. Uh, so I'm not going to defend the call, the zero blitz when you're up by four points and all you have to do is stop the Vegas Raiders from getting into the end zone. I'm not going to defend the play. The play was stupid town. I mean, you and I could have called a better game. What stupid town. Okay, stupid, stupid town, the mayor, or as Dan Marino once said, the governor of stupid town is one Greg Williams. But I'm going to defend why he did it. You know, I, I let a week let the dust settle on the move and how dopey it was. He was runner up for dope of the week in case anybody's keeping track. But it's not it's not the play so much as this Greg Williams, who's been around a long time and say what you will about his job as a defensive coordinator. But he was looking around that train wreck called the New York Jets. He said to himself, what the hell am I doing here? Exactly. Every week I show up and I coach this defense. I got, you know, goo-goo eyes Adam Gase, who looks like someone just smacked him in the back of the head with a two-by-four. And 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 I'm, and he's like, I can't quit because if I quit, cha-ching, all my money goes away. So how can I get – this is what he probably thought about Saturday night. How can I get fired without breaking some laws or blackmailing – the Johnson family or Coach Gase, what can I do? I already tried to give Sam Darnold mono again. That didn't work. So what can I do? Ah, I got it. I'll call a play that's so stupid, so dumb, for a guy who's been doing this. I mean, his first, the first captain of the defense that he ever coached was Moses. That's how long he's been around, folks. Dun 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 dun. dun. So he said, "I'm going to call a play so stupid that they have to fire me." They can't justify keeping me, and then I'll just retire to a beach earning 20%. And that's what he did. He called this play, and it 
if they could have fired him in the locker room, they would have. But instead, the next day, he's out. And I'm sure he had a lot of trouble containing his pure, unadulterated joy at not being the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets anymore. He might not get a job for a while, and I don't know that he actually wants to work. But that's why he did it, folks. Not because he thinks he's smarter than everybody else in the room. Not because the second G in Greg stands for genius. It's because he wanted to be fired. And God bless you, Greg Williams. You did it. So I actually applaud. This is me, polite golf applause. You know, he's probably having a beer now with uh, Patricia, you know, former Giant uh, Lions coach, I should say. He's saying those idiots, they have no idea. That's what they have to do. I mean, why would you want to be part of either of those two franchises? No. Can you imagine whoever the next coach is? Because Gaze is going to get fired. Whoever the next coach is next year says, looks at the staff and says, yeah, these guys are dopes, but Greg Williams, I'm going to keep you around. He's like, oh, I can't let that happen. I got to get out of here before somebody says, I want to hire you again. So really that's from the off the field stuff. That's, I just, I had to jump in and I had to defend Greg. Yes. You are a supporter of the downtrodden. The defender of the defenseless. Yes. I am. Now, the game of the week, the Monday Night Thriller. What what some people called the Hanukkah miracle. (laughs) (laughs) At least in my house. It depends on who you bet on. Well, we'll get to that. We're going to get to the worst beat of the NFL season so far. But the the Browns were lost to the Baltimore Ravens 47-42. Back and forth game. It included everything, even... A mysterious trip to the locker room, which we will get to in just a moment. But it was the game of the season so far. And it did it did show a couple of things. One, the Browns, they're for real. Yes, they lost. But that team with the the, the law firm of, of Chubb and Hunt at running back, Mayfield at quarterback, a good defense led by Miles Garrett. You got a, a fairly good receiving core, a couple of good tight ends. That team is for real. I would want to play them. Whatever team gets them in the AFC playoffs, I would want to play them. They still have an outside shot for the division. So, yes, the Browns lost, but by no means, Cleveland fans, should you be downtrodden about this. And you'll get better next week against the New York Giants. The Ravens, I got to tell you, uh, they didn't oh, do much. Your boys, Ravens. My, my son's Ravens. Yes. Okay. Uh, I didn't. They, they, to me, they didn't show me anything new. Okay, they didn't show me any reason to say yes. The Ravens are for real. The Ravens will be lucky to make the playoffs. Okay, that's that's what I think. From after seeing them, Lamar Jackson still has the same problems. The team can run. They don't do enough of it. The team plays good defense. They wouldn't know from a score that was forty-seven, forty-two. But that that team, they have their work cut out for them. And I think. Do you like that? Sco- do you like that score in an NFL game? I do. Okay. I do. I like, okay, let me just sidetrack from, I like a good game. If a good game means lots of offense because it's back and forth, if if Baltimore had come out to a 42 nothing lead and then just let Cleveland get back in the game, that game stinks. But a shootout, a good back and forth shootout, which I never thought would be a Browns-Ravens game, but like the Super Bowl where the Rams lost to the uh, to the Patriots 13-3, 13-6, whatever the score was, people said, worst Super Bowl ever. Not to me. It sucked. It was a defense. Okay. It was and, a defensive and a, struggle. And, you, know, and, you know, I'm a Rams fan, and I'm going to tell you it sucked. Right. Well, of course, because you're a Rams fan. But, but any, game game sucked, where the, no. any game where the outcome is in doubt, 
back and forth. Look, you and I are old enough to remember Super Bowls for a long time were blowouts. The best, the best game of the playoffs was typically the NFC and AFC championship games. Recently, that's not been the case. But for a guy who used to watch Super Bowls, I'm like, just in the game already. The game was – the doubt in this game left after the first quarter. Can we briefly – can we, can we briefly just talk about real quick uh, the Super Bowl to you as opposed to the uh, playoffs and the championship games? Uh, they to me the, the that's that's my fun. I I could I could fall asleep during the Super Bowl. I mean obviously it's the it's the end of it, but to me it's all about the playoff games leading up to it. No, I I, I would agree with that. I think unlike other sports where the championship is the most anticipated game and, and it's still obviously people anticipate the championship especially fans of the teams in it but for me the afc and nfc championship games that sunday where the first one's at three and the second one's at six thirty, so you got most of the day to get whatever you have to get done clear the decks so that you can be nestled in the couch at three o'clock or the correct for, you know s- six or seven hours of football and usually those games are tightly contested teams pull out all the stops look in in the baseball playoffs especially when you get to game sevens and sometimes game sixes and you see starting pitchers coming out of the pen because, you know, this is it. It's it's now or never. That's kind of cool. And so you see similar things, although not so much things that used to be the unusual, like going forward on fourth and seven in your own territory. Now, because of analytics, teams do all this stuff, do that kind of stuff all the time. But it used to be you'd pull out all the stops in the AFC and NFC championship games. They were slugfest. They were played sometimes in cold weather sites, which the Super Bowl never is. So that's that was always, to me, the most exciting. Now the Super Bowl's been better recently, but yeah, I see what you mean, that that for a lot of people, for the neutral observer, the playoffs leading up are much more exciting. Plus, there's more games. Yes. The Super Bowl is only one game. You're like, hey, as, as you watch it, you see the last bits of the football season disappearing into the aether, and you're like, no, please, one more quarter. Just <laughs> one more. And, and, just one more play. If I only had one more play. So yes, I, I see what you mean. But now that the games are becoming more exciting and to get back to your original question, when the games are in doubt, high scoring defensive struggle doesn't matter. I want to be, I want a reason to watch the entire game other than my love of football. So back to the Ravens, the Ravens again, didn't show me anything that I haven't been saying already. The Browns they're for real. Now let's talk about what's truly important about that game. There were two things that, that came out That's of that game besides, you want from me. besides the gambling aspect. And that is there's this non-troversy, as I like to call it, about what exactly Lamar Jackson was doing when he left the field during the fourth quarter. Oh. Uh, as you recall, during that game, even the announcers, the ESPN announcers were like, well, we don't know where Lamar Jackson is. He's not on the sideline. He went to the locker room. Trace McSorley comes in, who's the backup in Baltimore, promptly got hurt. And Lamar Jackson comes running back out. Now, later on, they showed a picture of him running to the locker room and then running back out again. The The line from the Ravens was that he had cramps. The social media crowd said, looking at the video, I think he had to go drop some friends off at the lake, if you know what I mean. <laughs> now, I have no idea if Lamar Jackson uh, says he had... One. That's a good one. <laughs> If Lamar Jackson says he had cramps, he wasn't dropping a deuce. I believe him. But if you watch the video, my friend, if you watch the video of him running, doing what I like to call the green apple quick walk to the locker room, 
He didn't look like he had cramps. I've never seen a man move that briskly who had cramps before. Maybe gastrointestinal cramps. But whatever, he, he emerged from the locker room as Superman because he came out just in time as Trace McSorley you, got himself. Hey, guys, no. When you come out of that bathroom, you feel You can like, do anything. You feel like Superman, baby. You really are Superman. So that was one storyline that came out of it. The other, of course, was, was, well, depending on what side of the line you were on, an historic bad beat in this game. The Cleveland Browns were down uh, 45-42. Baltimore just scored to take the lead. The 55-yard field goal from the most clutch of all kickers, Justin Tucker of the Ravens. And the spread in the game was Ravens by three, or perhaps if you got lucky, you got three and a half points. The Cleveland gained three and a half points. So really all that was left was the kickoff and some say a miracle Hail Mary. But for 59 minutes and uh, 58 seconds of that game, if you had the Ravens or the Cleveland Browns getting three points or three and a half, either you pushed or you were a big fat winner. And then this play happened. And I have here the official play-by-play from the NFL as to how those last two seconds happened, resulting in a bad beat. So allow me. I will Baker- allow you. Baker Mayfield, pass short, pass short middle to Kareem Hunt to Cleveland 27 for two yards. Fumbles, recovered by Cleveland R. Higgins at the Cleveland 27. R. Higgins to Cleveland 21 for negative six yards. Lateral to B. Mayfield. Again, this is the official score, official NFL score notation. Lateral to B. Mayfield to Cleveland 15 for negative six yards. Fumbles, recovered by Cleveland J. Landry at Cleveland 12. J. Landry to Cleveland 19 for seven yards. Lateral to R. Higgins to Cleveland 19 for no gain, P. Queen. Fumbles, P. Queen, recovered by Cleveland K. Hunt at Cleveland 18. K. Hunt to Cleveland 16 for negative two yards. Lateral to R. Higgins to Cleveland zero, that's the goal line, for negative 16 yards. Fumbles, recovered by Cleveland J. Landry at Cleveland zero. Again, that's the goal line. J. Landry pushed O.B. out of bounds. In end zone, safety tackled by M. Humphrey. So as the game ended, that push or that big fat winner for Cleveland turns out to be a big fat loser. Because if you now had Cleveland getting three points or three and a half, you tore up your ticket and went home. Because it was final score, Baltimore 47, Cleveland 42. So I guess if you had the Ravens giving three points, you were like, well, this game's either a push or a big fat loser. And then out of nowhere, the real miracle, the real Hanukkah miracle was not that you won that game, but that you also won your bet. The moral of the story, A, don't read play, official play-by-play from the NFL, and B, never gamble. As Tony Soprano's father said to him, don't hold ever on, gamble, hold Tony. On. Action, I'm not going to do it. Come I'm on. not doing it. No. <laughs> I'm not doing it, my friend. Never gamble. Oh, come on. So... But as I said, game of the week, bar none, uh, it was a great game. Now, as for the rest of the NFC, not much has changed. Okay, the Rams are – I'm now more and more convinced the Rams are the class of the NFC. Thank you very much. The defense, Thank you. The defense, the running game. Look, Jared Goff is having a meh season. But that defense and that running game behind Cam Akers can certainly cover a lot of warts, and he's still pretty good. But you're looking at an NFC championship game, say, against the Packers – who don't have much of an edge. They've got the ninja, the second at worst, the second best quarterback in the NFL in Rodgers. 
But their defense, I don't know their offensive line is going to be able to contain the front seven of the Rams. I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Cam Akers. I don't, I don't see the Packers, the way they're constructed, they're pillowy soft beating the Rams. I don't believe in the Saints until I can't crown them. They have the best record in the NFC, but I can't really crown them until Breeze comes back. The Bucks had a much-needed win in Tampa. But, again, to me, they're, they run hot and cold. I don't trust them either, and I certainly don't know who's you have trying. trust issues here, I see. You're what? You have some trust issues here, I see. I do. I think that Bruce, Bruce Arian seems to be coaching like he doesn't want Tom Brady to be successful, so I can't put my money in them. Um, and as for the AFC, maybe what they said about the Steelers is right, that that 11-0 record was fraudulent. What's so to me, you got the Chiefs and you got the Bills. The Bills just if, – if it weren't for Kansas City – We'd be falling all over all over ourselves talking about what a great team the Bills are and the, the renaissance of Josh Allen. They're, they're going to break everybody's heart. It's going to be crushing. It's going they to probably it's will. It's going to be painful. And, it, they, and, you're right, they probably will. But you know what? I would love to see a Buffalo-Kansas City AFC championship game. Ooh, it would be. It would be nice. It would be, it would be two of the, you know, the rising young stars at quarterback in the NFL, the best quarterback again versus certainly top five. The only five thing that would have made that game better is if the Chiefs hadn't won the Super Bowl already because then you right. would have had those two teams desperate. Yeah, plus, you know, you, and win. With the Chiefs, I mean, I'll leave the Chiefs out for a second, but the Bills, you know, a lot of times there's a team like the Patriots, for instance, that you can't find, you just can't root for. There's nothing, you can't say that about the Bills. There's really nothing unlikable about the Bills. In fact, you feel kind of sorry for the Bills because since their run in the 90s, they haven't had a lot of luck. This particular team, you're not talking about the Bills this in team. general. No, I'm talking about this particular team. Because the way a it's lot constructed. Of in years past that you, you, you didn't right. I'm, I'm talking about this year's Bills trying okay, to erase. Just to clarify that. Yes, just this year's Bills, this team right. as constructed, and, except and when the they were. The were also nice, too. No, I was just going to say, when they wear those They're all exciting. red uniforms. I like them. I they, like them. It's like a bunch of someone said, "Here's a bunch of ketchup bottles," and I threw them onto the field. It's See, terrible. You know, I, I think they look like Jolly Ranchers. Then, and we're back to the map again. Yes. Welcome to Utah, everybody. <laughs> Have yourselves a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> um, yeah, but Pittsburgh, it, I didn't realize losing Bud Dupree on the other side of the line from T.J. Watt was going to be so damaging to them. And James Conner at half speed. Look, Roethlisberger is a shell of his former self. He's a dinker and a dunker, a game management, whatever you want to call him. I don't see them going very far. They might even lose the division to Cleveland. They've gone from undefeated number one seed to a team that seems to be backpedaling its way out of the playoffs. I like Miami. Miami is for real, especially that defense. And finally, Brian Flores, the head coach, might be one of the assistants that breaks the Belichick curse. His assistants don't have that kind of success because they're not Belichick and they don't have Brady. But Flores is quietly doing a fabulous job with that team. You know, he's bringing Tua along. They made a lot of trades. You thought this team kind of emptied the cupboard for the future, and the future all of a sudden is now. I don't think they're going to overtake the Bills in the AFC East, but they are a team, again, I wouldn't want to play if they make it to the playoffs, which I believe they're actually in if the season ended today. But that's a team. If you're a Miami fan, you got to be excited. And if you it's can like, get to like a goal, the old days in the '90s, when you had you know Marino and Kelly representing you mm-hmm. know 
Buffalo and the Dolphins there and, and meeting and, each other in the playoffs. And, and, you know, this this could be some fun yep. here. Some, and speaking of the Dolphins, the uniforms, the uniforms they wore on Sunday, the, the teal jerseys with the old logo, the Dolphin with the helmet on it, chef's kiss. They should have that we'll do it. every Sunday. Do the chef's kiss. Mwah. There you go. You can't you say go. the chef's kiss. You got to do those uniforms. Every, do every, every game they play. Maybe just if maybe just the national games. They don't want to roll it out 16 to 16, but they got to keep those uniforms. Speaking of the Dolphins, I love every time yes. uh, the undefeated team loses and then the old <laughs> You get Larry Zonka. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. It stuff. is great. You know, what? the only sad thing, of course, is they're, they're dropping like flies. I know. It is the sad. numbers of those teams. So it's, I'm just happy to see them. some of them alive. Yes. You know, but yes, I love – that never gets old for me. Those Dolphins, they've done something nobody else has done, run through the whole season and the championship undefeated, and it's just great. It's almost worth, unless you're a fan of those teams, watching an undefeated team go down. And it must have been super sweet – for the Dolphins when the Patriots ended their undefeated run with a loss in the Super Bowl. Phenomenal. That champagne was on ice for a long time really that season. That. So, and I'm just glad that, you know, Shula was alive for that and so on. We'll um, so you got Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. It was a big week for change and, and news. Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. If you're a Philadelphia fan, you got to think to yourself, what the hell took so long? Maybe it's just the bump, the spark of having a new guy in at quarterback. You know, the most popular guy on your team is the backup quarterback. You know, you've been Maybe. very rosy about the Eagles this last couple of shows. And well, you know, prior to that, I you you don't... could have wished a, a, a an inferno of hellfire on the city of Philadelphia. I do. I, I, look, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Eagles. I'm just trying to present to you my unbiased observations of the team. You know, I the nightmare scenario for those of us here in Washington and New York and in Dallas is there's still an outside chance that the Eagles could run the table and win the division, which would be a knife in the heart for all of us NFC East fans. But the truth is, you know, they're they're they played better. The team looked better, looked more dynamic with Hurts at quarterback. Now, does he have an NFL arm? Who knows? Is it a long term solution over Wentz? Again, I don't know. Do I hope they lose every game they play? Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I'm from a from a, a casual observer standpoint, this was just the boost they need. But the problem is, like any time you stay up all night studying for an exam and you shotgun, you know, a thermos full of coffee, the energy level is real high, and then you crash. So I don't know. Is this what that they showed against the Saints and that defense? Is that how Philadelphia is going to finish out the season? Or did they get that one little that one jolt from Jalen Hurts, and that's it? Well, you know, you know? I'm, I'm I'm not too confident as far as the Eagles the rest of the way here. So, but I was going to say if if for some way they were able to pull some magic off, and one day I turn this Skype on and I see you in an Eagles hat. No, no, no. Then I've lost a bet. Well, that, you know, because I'm a little concerned about your love for Philly these last couple. I, of no, years. there's no love for Philly. Okay. Now my, you know, my my brother does live outside of Philadelphia, but he doesn't like football. So I think I just I, him. It's I, dis, I disowned him years ago. Okay. Um, so that's really what's going on on the field. Uh, obviously, I'm holding back my sheer joy of 
eight, the first placed Wolfskins at six and seven, playing some of the best football they've played in a long time. And for all of my Washington fan listeners, it doesn't matter how the season ends. For the last couple of weeks, I've actually been excited about the game. It's December. They're playing meaningful football and playing it well against some good teams. Steelers and the Niners, say what you will about the Steelers. They were 11-0, and and the Niners are the defending NFC champions, and they beat both of them. Now, they beat them with the same game plan, which is good defense and score just enough and you know keep your fingers crossed, and nothing makes me happier than beating that, and I'm going to say this, that whiny bitch, Kyle Shanahan. With his flat-brimmed hat, looking like oh. someone you wouldn't you wouldn't allow into a into a public school playground. Oh. He, I, I cannot stand him. His oh, animosity so toward the Wolfskins, and after they beat us last you know year, what? and they I'm did. I'm having a lot of animosity towards you every time you say the word Wolfskins. Wolfskins. The way that he like- he and his players did a slip and slide on the muddy turf at FedEx field last year, rubbing it in our faces that they won. Okay, great. Well, we got our revenge this year. So they're playing great. If they don't make the playoffs and you know, nothing is guaranteed again, the NFC East. Now you got three teams in the mix. Pretty exciting, pretty exciting that they're all playing meaningful football this late into the season. And even better Dallas just watching. I think we can all agree when America's team is relegated <laughs> off Sunday night football and they're watching the other teams climb the ladder and they're just holding the ladder. You want to be the guy climbing the ladder, not the guy holding the ladder. And right now the Cowboys, they're holding the ladder, my friend. Yeah. I have no love for the Cowboys and kind of enjoy their, um, their misery and their suffering. It's, it's okay with me. And I love, so, I always look forward to Stephen A's um, little video on Twitter. And yes. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's stuff of legends. It's the one time Stephen A. Smith is is tolerable. Um, Stephen A. is okay with me. Yes. All right. By the way, uh, uh, speaking of Belichick, he's going to stick with Cam Newton as you his okay quarterback. With that? You good with that? I mean, what choice does he have? The Pats is defied. The Pats fans are concerned. Just, just just run out the clock on the Cam Newton experiment. Get yourself a free agent or draft somebody or develop Stidham, but it, clearly that's not working. At least not working if you want a quarterback that can pass. Quarterback that can run, he's still almost like 2010, 2015 Cam Newton. But as a passer, he's done. But what else are you going to say? You got three games left. Just play out the string with him. Play it out, yeah. You know, I know Belichick doesn't, Belichick doesn't give up. But what's, what do you, what's gained by going to Stidham? Seeing how he plays, giving him some real game action, I guess. Really, well, if you play Cam Newton. season, he'll take yeah. the headset off. Right. He'll walk up to the podium in his gray sweatshirt, and he'll say, I tried. He'll say, on to Cincinnati. <laughs> yes, goodbye. Take care. That's just- hey, look, i got a question. Through all this COVID stuff as we wind up yes. this uh, football talk here, uh, the uh, National Mediocrity League, as far as the, the, the extra games, the COVID, how they've been dealing with it, you know, in terms of having games on, on days we usually wouldn't have games, right. um, how do you feel about that, and how do you feel it might be affected maybe other nights during the week? Uh, or is, is that not a concern for you? Or you, you love to have football on every night of the week? Um, yeah, I, I really would love football on every night of the week. Um, I like that this weekend we have Saturday games. And I believe for the first time in, that I can remember, we have a Friday night game coming up before the season's over. Um, 
do I think it diminishes the product? Is that what you're? Well, that's too late already. That's already. No, I know. I know. In your mind, it's already been diminished. (laughs) You can't make it any worse. (laughs) But I, I think it's, I think it's great. I don't think there is, I know some would disagree with me. To me, there isn't too much football. On the other hand, uh, I know there's been some chatter that in this new round of contract negotiations, nobody wants the Thursday night football package. Um, and I would say that maybe the Thursday night game is a bridge too far because teams play in four days rest, and it's already a brutal enough sport on six and seven days rest. But I, as you like to point out, and as Don Olmeyer likes to point out, the answer to all your questions is money. And people love football. And I, when I say people, I mean advertisers love to pay. Look, look at State Farm. And State Farm is, is like the in-house insurance company for all things NFL. How many State Farm commercials do we see during one game? And I can't imagine this check they wrote to the NFL to get all that real estate during the football game. So as long as people are willing to pay advertising dollars for it, and even a bad Thursday night game between the Titans and the Jaguars still gets more ratings, more eyeballs than anything else. A random Thursday night football game still outperforms a playoff game in the NBA, for instance. I personally would miss the color rush games. The color rush, thankfully has been gone for a while, but they still have some semblance of it. I will say they should bring it back. And do it. You have to wear 3D glasses to watch the game. We, um, I remember a couple of years ago, Washington was going to be on the Thursday night game, and their potential color rush was the all gold with the burgundy numbers, sort of a mustard on mustard sort of combination. They never, they, they decided ultimately just to go with their regular uniforms. I would have liked to have seen that just once, and and the old school mustard yellow helmets that they don't wear anymore. Um, otherwise the color rush to me, meh, to me, monochromatic uniforms belong in the USFL, the XFL, the college, and any other defunct professional football league that you can find. It should be different color on top and on the bottom, sometimes all white. I realize I'm self-serving because Washington war has worn their white and whites the last two games, but the whole monochromatic thing, all right, man, yucko, yuck. uh... I have to tell the Amazon guys to turn around. They went to your house. Especially especially when your Rams wear those horrible, dirty laundry, yeah, the, the dirty I dishwater look, whites, whatever those things are, those I, monstrosities. I don't know. I have, I'm sorry. I know. It's been – my eyes haven't been the same since they announced those, those things. Yeah. So last thing on the NFL here, um, as far as um, the Detroit Lions – that franchise, that city. Uh, yeah. You know, speaking I, of mediocrity I, and just utter failure, um, which so, is, you know, uh, you know, up against the Jets is is, is a hard to, you know, it's hard company right. to keep maybe. I, I don't know. Or is it easy company? Well, but I was thinking about this. They've been doing this for uh, so long in Detroit, yes. man. Uh, is that, look, I had this philosophical conundrum or this this eye-op- this awakening this cathartic moment about Detroit, which I'm not a fan of, I, I, but again, they're certainly a likable team. Has any NFL team wasted more talent by not having any sort of postseason success in the Detroit Lions? If you look I back, have a, I have a list of like seven or eight. If you look at, at at who the Lions have trotted out, Matthew Stafford will probably be a Hall of Famer. Barry Sanders, to me, in my lifetime, the greatest running back I ever saw. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Calvin Johnson, one of the, again, probably a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest receivers. Even Jason Hansen is fourth all time on the NFL scoring list. Uh, and and when they finally let kickers into the Hall of Fame, will someday go. But since they won the 1957 NFL championship, and that's way back, they've had 12 appearances since 1957. That's 63 years. One win. At least while Barry Sanders was there, they had six appearances and they had the one win. But otherwise, they've done nothing with that talent. And I realize they've had a succession of bad coaches. I mean, the, the most the winningest coach in Lions history is Wayne Fonts with a 66 and 67 record. But I was tracking my brain thinking, what other team, at least in the last 30 years, because that's when Barry Sanders played from 89 to 98, so I go back all the way to him. Has there been another team that has wasted so much great talent? How can a team with this much talent have done nothing? It's not even winning the Super Bowl. They've even gotten – they've won, again, one playoff game, and that was with Barry Sanders. So I don't know. I, I couldn't figure out. Even the Jets – I mean, the Jets got to back-to-back AFC championships with Mark Sanchez. At so, the end of the day, there's still no parade for that. And right, but I'm but same. even that's that's some success. This team with Hall of Famers at the most critical positions, although they didn't really play in the same era, certainly Stafford and Johnson did, and even Hanson. But to have the greatest running back again that I've seen in the last thirty years, and a guy walked into the Hall of Fame, how they? It's just if you're a Detroit fan, you got to be banging your head against the wall, going, "We have all this talent and we've done nothing." Even when they have a good coach like Jim Caldwell, they say, yeah. Well, could you, you say that about Cleveland? But Cleveland doesn't have the talent. Look back. But they've had. What some they've talent. had, but, I'm, but that's way, way back. I mean, do you want to go back to the well, Ernest I mean, you know, Weiner days? The Brian on, Sipe days? On hopeless franchises in the NFL because there's so many of them. But it's not that, he's, not that they're hopeless. It's just like normally the hopeless franchise, you look back and go, like what a clown car of quarterbacks, for instance, they've had in, in Cleveland prior to the arrival of Baker Mayfield. But with the Lions, you look at their team and go, it, look at the Hall of Famers they've had. They were made for Thanksgiving Day football, and, yeah, they, got a, I, and they got a nice new stadium. That's it, Ford Field. It's just I, it, it, it baffles me, and I can't think of another team with that level of talent, remember, that's done give me, as oh, give, give me some time, and I will uh, – that's your home. I'll give you a list. Again, not just a team that's futile, but a team that has done nothing with all that Hall of Fame caliber talent. Totally futile. Totally futile, baby. So, but we move on. There's your do. NFL news for the week, ladies and gentlemen, right here on Hot Shows. On Hot Shows, baby. And once again, everybody that's uh, been uh, downloading, subscribing, we really appreciate it. And uh, we will be back here next week. We'll do a final little uh, to the loop show. Right. Twenty, all right. Uh, so uh, we'll just before we take a quick break here from uh, sports, we we're gonna do this thing now where we take just a little a little breath from the sports. Um, but two things that we didn't get to uh, earlier was uh, the NHL, and the reason we wouldn't want to give them too much time is because they haven't made any official announcements yet. They're getting close, right. but until they give us something official, we'll give them some official time. And believe right. me, me and uh, Cuny here, huge hockey fans, we can't wait to get at it. Uh, but that's what's going on there. They're getting closer. I, I thought they were going to announce something on Friday, and right. they didn't. So 
They made me look they're, bad, and I'm angry right now, and I don't like to be made to look bad. Okay. They're also the baseball is now wrangling over their start of the season, how many games they're going to play. So they got to get over uh, themselves. They make too much right. Money. Exactly. They should start playing no, next week, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, there's no news there on the NHL or the MLB front. Yeah, we'll and we'll get back. You know, we'll we'll bring it as soon as we know something. As far as the league when there's news, right? When there's news, we'll let you know. But yeah. and as far no, as the hoops are concerned, you know, Merry Christmas, everybody. Right. I just, I can't, I, I, to me, the season just ended. I can't ramp up for basketball yet. Yeah. Giannis, you know, signed the max deal with Milwaukee. Hooray is going to stay in Milwaukee. Now they got to find themselves uh, a team to put around him, or he's going to be one miserable, unhappy superstar. So Woe there'll be him. more. Woe is him. Yes. Woe is him. Woe well, is him indeed. There's your NHL and NBA this week on the Honchos. It's not much, you know, but it is what it is. You know? There's just not much out there. So sometimes when there's not much out there, what me and Rob like to do is, um, you know, like talk a little bit entertainment news, you know. Yep. So real quick, we talked uh, briefly last week. Uh, we're both Mandalorian fans, as is quite a few million people around the world are. And um, you know, Rob, I was joking about uh, Bill Burr being a part of that awful uh, episode six in season one. I never want to see he, him again. But and, he was uh, damn good. I, I tell you what, he redeemed. He was damn himself. good Friday. <laughs> he was damn good. He was. In fact, I, I, I was watching it with Pat and his wife, Teresa, and we're watching. He looks at me and he goes, isn't this the guy that Paul was complaining about on the show? And I said, yeah. And he, we were like, what is he talking about? Go this watch guy's episode doing a great six, job. season one, and you'll understand he, where he, I'm coming from. He did a phenomenal job. Just It's just that the scene where they're sitting in the cafe with his old general and that, that the intensity of that. Well, hold on. Some just, of our listeners may not have seen the episode I'm not, yet. I'm not. I'm just saying they were in a cafe talking to each other. Yeah, they were in a Starbucks scene. having a sharing a peppermint mocha. I gotta tell you, and this is crazy. This is like you and your love for Philadelphia. I was a little bummed <laughs> at the end where you know he goes one way and they go the other way. I would. I would have thought. I have a cuckoo feeling. I can't say. I have a cuckoo feeling. We haven't seen the last of him. All right. So he redeemed himself. I, I dig he did. It. I'm all right. Okay. He did. So until he ruins another episode, I'm okay with Bill. Right. Back in the main It was, uh, you know, and a great episode a again. Polite golf applause for Bill Burr. Yeah, the second to last. This tomorrow, tomorrow, Friday is the season oh, finale, sad face. Oh, and by the way, yes. Boba's part, parting shot there was just absolutely phenomenal. As far it was. As the dudes, the two dudes that were following him. Yep. I, I laughed out loud. It was brilliant. <laughs> so good stuff. And speaking it was, it, of Star Wars, yes. give us the news. Well, the, the big news, of course, is the Disney and Marvel rollout of and Star Wars of what's coming over the next few years. And all that was great, all the new Marvel stuff, all the new Star Wars stuff. But I have here, overlooked, is perhaps the biggest news of the Disney Plus rollout. And that is, that's right, guess what's getting a reboot with its original star? The Mighty Ducks are back with Emilio Estevez reprising his role as the coach. Good old Norman Bombay coming back. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers is the new is what the series is called. And yes, he'll be back to coach the team once again. My Gordon Bombay, excuse me. My feeling is if you're going to reboot the Mighty Ducks and everybody's rebooting everything. Every show's coming back because they're out of ideas. You can't do it without Emilio Estevez. 
So for those of you who love the Mighty Ducks and the uniforms, you remember the old uniforms were the basis of, or the team was the basis of the expansion team. You remember those good old Paul Correa, Timu Solane, purple and teal uniforms with the, the duck mask? That's going to be the uniform they're using in the show if you watch the preview. So, they know what they're doing at Disney. It's called branding. They do. It's called selling things. It sure is. All right. So, the, but but if we're going to go now and talk about the real stuff, well, we'll there's so just, much to we'll talk about with the Marvel Star Wars. Here, what's going on? The to me, for what I'm looking forward to most is the uh, Obi Wan series with uh, uh, Ewan McGregor coming back as Obi Wan, and yes, uh, Hayden Christensen. Who, if you thought Hayden Christensen was dead or retired from acting, he's back, baby. As yes. Darth Vader in the new Obi Wan series, and, and um, we're not really going to know if he's in the series because he's going to be wearing that mask all the time. Well, just like with you know Pedro Pascal as 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 the Mandalorian, well, don't, they got him. Don't ruin anything. He's an actor. He's the actor playing him, not ruining anything. I thought you were going to say something. No, I'm just saying. Obviously, if I'm they're getting very an, protective a, of our a big name, a big name, if they're getting a name from the past that people are familiar with, they're not just getting a guy to fill well, the suit. The last time we saw Hayden Christensen, yeah, he wasn't he looking was too bright. Shape. Yeah. He wasn't looking too hot. <laughs> he sure was looking <laughs> hot. There you go. Uh, but uh, they, uh, again, they're not just getting him to fill the suit. Okay. So well, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a Lando series coming out. There's uh, the prequel to rogue one coming out. Which it's just the greatest star Wars. No, you know, to each his own, I say. That was a good one. I did like, of all the, the most recent ones of the come two. Come on, man, that final scene. Well, the final scene the was... Island, come on. It was, well, yes, before the scene that ties right into episode four. Yes, that it was, come on. it ended at a great ending, Rogue One. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised how much I liked it. It belongs well, right the there same. with the rest of the movies. Disney so, and... Uh... With Marvel here and Star, they got so much going on, uh, and we've got a lot to look forward to. You got Secret Invasion coming out from Marvel. You got uh, Armor Wars with War Machine, Don Cheadle. You got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You have WandaVision, which Loki. looks like, yeah, Loki looks awesome. WandaVision, which looks like the Dick Van Dyke show with, you know, the Vision and Wanda. She's a babe. It's just it, it it has that 1950s sitcom feel to it. It looks and we only great. have to wait till March and May, which isn't so right. Much. Right. So it's a lot of if you got nothing else to do next spring. Hey, if they move the NCAA tournament out of March and April, we got just the way to fill those hours with some quality Marvel and Disney Plus entertainment and even some Mighty Ducks. Good stuff. So if you don't have a Disney Plus account, get one now, folks. Yes, please. Get ready. And uh, Netflix is going up, HBO Max, all that stuff. So keep giving all these right. people your money, please. Look, That's... it's worth it. Disney Plus is w what they just rolled out. They can double their monthly subscription and fee, and I'd be will. okay with it. And they probably will. They probably will. They probably and will. I blame myself. They probably will. What's that, Rob? What is that the sound of? It's the sound of me leaving. What? <laughs> Listen to that. You know what? Oi, what? How's about you Yanks? Talk a bit of football. Or what you guys call it, soccer. Nigel has just called in 
and he's asking us to do a bit of soccer. Well, he sounds like a hell. he sounds like a real bag, that Nigel. <laughs> Pain in the ass, limey is what he is. So, here so you what go, do you, folks? What Look do you got this, for Rob. us? I got some soccer news, as they call it here in America, around the rest of the world. As uh, Nigel was saying, it's called football. Football. What do you What do you got for so us? So we're gonna try and give you just a quick two minutes on a roundup here of, of the week that was in the world of soccer. Uh, I'm going to leave out South America uh, this week and obviously a couple other countries around the world and in Asia as well, too. I apologize uh, to our listeners um, who are following Asian soccer, or Middle Eastern soccer, or South American. What we are going to do is start here in, in the States. We were making fun of the Major League Soccer. We'll continue to do that here. But last <laughs> week, the Columbus Crew, baby, win their second MLS championship Congrats. with a 3-0 defeat. Of the Seattle Sounders, ladies and gentlemen. And if you can name five Seattle Sounders and text them to me or tag me on Twitter, I'll send you a hat. Okay? Good stuff. But um, what were you going to say something? I was going to say, if you can name one, we'll send you a hat. But okay. All right. So, uh, 3 nothing win. um, And uh, here's an MLS note for all you diehards. Uh, They've become one of seven teams. This is the Columbus crew here to win multiple MLS championships, joining D.C. United. In hey, all right. Town, baby. The Houston Dynamo, LA Galaxy, the San Jose Earthquakes, Sporting Kansas City, and the aforementioned Sounders. So um, there will be no parade. So sorry about that. Nothing? Folks. Not no. even not from there, a distance? There's no parade. No. All right, real well, quick. What, um, what were there dozen fans do to celebrate? <laughs> oh, that's, that's – I'm, I'm not even that cool. Sorry. I'm not even that cool. <laughs> All right, real quick, uh, as far as the uh, the English Premier League, uh, not only is uh, – well, there was a bunch of games today. The one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, it was funny because listening to us talking earlier about the uh, NFL and the different games and schedules and stuff, soccer is all over the place. So if you're a diehard soccer fan, especially of the European leagues, uh, there's just tons of football on. Okay, so uh, – and as far as the Premier League or any of these leagues here, we're going to talk uh, Premier League in England. And the Bundesliga in Germany, I just, Bundesliga is one of my favorite words to ever say. It's a great word it's to say. And it's a tremendous coffee cake, the yes. Bundesliga. Uh, Serie A, as they call the Italian Premier League, and then uh, La Liga in España as well. And then, uh, you know, you can't forget the Scottish League, the Scottish Premier League too. You know, there's some fun stuff up there as well. So anyway, um, we'll just do the top four here in England. you got Liverpool, Tottenham, uh, Southampton, and, and Leicester City. Uh, my Manchester United is back down there in, in ninth, but it's only 13 games played or matches, as they call it. Uh, Liverpool at the top there are 28, and uh, the Wolves down there in 10th uh, with 20. So a lot of football left, and it's pretty tight uh, as far as that goes. But Liverpool with the big win today against Tottenham, and they move up to the top of the Premier League. Uh, as far as uh, Germany goes... And uh, the Bundesliga was actually one of the first leagues to bring back fans into the stadiums. So uh, I, I have to check if they've been still doing that. But uh, they had five games today as well, too. Um, so you, you just, you know, Bayern playing. Uh, you know, with the German league, you have to get really crafty here with the, the way they uh, say these names. I could do it with a German accent, Rob. I could. Uh, guten Tag. Guten Tag, Herr Cuthbert. Leverkusen is uh, top of the league. Again, they've only had 12 games or matches, as you would say, played. But they're at the top there. Uh, Bayern's there. Uh, RB Leipzig, Dortmund, Wolfsburg, Union Berlin, uh, VIB Stuttgart. Ah, uh, guten Tag, Herr Stuttgart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, wrapping up down there with uh, München, Gladden, and Asborg, and, and I can't even do one. I'm not going to do it. I'm terrible at it. But uh, that's uh, things heating up there uh, very early in, in the German Bundesliga. In Italia, uh, seven games today, buddy. If you like Italian seven. soccer, wow, seven on the ducket today, buddy. All right? Uh, Milan's at the top, into Milan at two. And this is after 12 matches being played. Uh, the world-famous Juventus uh, in third. Napoli at fourth, uh, and then it goes down from there. Roma, Verona there in sixth and seventh. Uh, Lazio in ninth, uh, and then uh, Udinese in a tenth again. So seven games in Italia. Um, the La Liga, which is uh, famous for uh, some great teams like uh, FC Barcelona, Messi. By the way, La Liga, of course, is Spanish for the Liga. That's very good. Excellent. That's why I have you backing me up here during this soccer segment here, buddy. <laughs> Uh, there was I'm weighing back. One game on the schedule today, and it was FC Barker playing. Uh, they were top of the group, and that was uh, Real Sociedad. Uh, they have now dropped to second behind uh, Atletico Madrid. So Barker there, um, down there in fifth. Uh, again, 12, 13, 14 matches here played respectively, and also very tight there at the top, uh, six points in the top uh, between uh, Atletico Madrid to Barcelona down there in fifth, okay? Uh, if you are a big fan, which you should be, Mr. Sure. Cuny, of the Scottish Premier League, okay? Sure. There were no games today, all right? <laughs> That's a bummer. I, uh, no wonder I was in such a bad mood today. <laughs> uh, they've got 17 matches into their season there. Uh, Rangers is the top, Celtic. How, how are the Scotch tapes doing? Uh, they're not playing this year. No, okay. 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 So, um... <laughs> Scotch you know. whiskeys? <laughs> Don't see that's terrible. That's too easy. Sorry, too I know. All right, I, I can make another joke. I can make another joke. I'm not going to. Your head there. <laughs> I could make another. Just don't, one. don't scream. Okay. I, I want my freedom. Okay, just don't okay. do that. Okay. Uh, Guten Tag. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Avita so Zane. Yeah. All right. And the other big news uh, for the week for in soccer, obviously, is um, the Europa Cup. Uh, which is going to start in February, and that's a mixed match of uh, European teams. Uh, it's not the uh, UEFA Championships League, but they also pick their final 16. They, they, what they call them draws, you know, so they find out who's going to play each other. Um, so the Europa League is playing. Um, that starts February 2nd. And just to give you a rundown on the UCL, because that's the big one, um, Leipzig from Germany will be playing Liverpool, and these matches start on February 16th and run through March 10th. Barcelona will be playing uh, from Spain, Spain uh, playing Paris and from France. And Lazio from Italy and will be playing Bayern from uh, the Bundesliga. Atletico from La Liga will be playing Chelsea from England. And uh, Borussia, uh, see, this is, this is that German name. It's Mönchengladbach. So any German fans of those, please help me out with that. We'll be playing uh, Manchester City. And then... Uh, Atalanta from Italia will be playing Real Madrid from Espana as well. So those, this is the knockout Not fake round. Madrid. Yeah, this is the knockout Real round. Real Madrid. And that's, that's what's going to be going on there uh, as far as the soccer world. So uh, some pretty big uh, cup tournaments coming up. In and around, Rob, tons, tons of European soccer. And like I said, we didn't even touch the rest of the world. But, man, you got Fox Sports. You got uh, Peacock. You got uh, ESPN, you know, you could just sit home all day and watch soccer. And that's what you should start doing instead of fixing computers in the summer. You know, I wish you got, I wish you folks could see 
the, the, the facial expressions of one Paul Cuthbert as he tries to navigate his way through these, through these difficult names to pronounce. This could be a segment, a weekly segment, just called Paul Reads Off the you know Names of, of Foreign we're, we're Teams. We're an American sports show, okay? <laughs> you know, how many American sports shows, which cover all the other major sports, is going to give you what I just give you? Three, no, four I just, minutes I just, of soccer? I, I enjoy watching you struggle with these foreign-sounding names. Well, I tell you what. Well, they're not foreign-sounding. They are I foreign improve. names. I will, I will not continue to struggle, all right? This, this segment was demanded by the listenership, and we have put it in there, and we will continue to improve it, all right? All right. So don't mock it. There'll be no be mockage. Making, don't be making any fun of Scottish teams, okay? No scotch tapes? Okay. No, oh, that's terrible. But with that said. <laughs> the scotch tepis. It's <laughs> time. Oh, no. Go of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. All right. For those of you out there still listening, remember, it's the dope of the week segment. And that means I get to tell you that the Gags Gang and I, Spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag D-O-T-W at Cuthbert Live at Bitter and Rage at Sports Honchos. You pick or all three. Hey, it's a free country sort of. And so who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? None other than Dan Mullen, head coach of the University of Florida Gators football team. Way to go, Dan! Way to Last go, Saturday, then number six Florida lost to unranked and rebuilding LSU 37-34 in a stunning upset. Tied at 34 deep in the fourth quarter, Florida stopped LSU on third down and 10 at LSU's 29-yard line. Fourth down, LSU will punt, and Florida will have the chance to drive for the winning field goal. Then, pause for effect. Disaster strikes. Fourth-year defensive back Marco Wilson of Florida is called for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. It is a 15-yard penalty and a first down for LSU, which gives them new life. Now, what was the conduct that was so unsportsmanlike for old Marco Wilson? After tackling LSU tight end Cole Taylor on that third and ten stop, Wilson proceeded That's to throw— That's the cologne I use, by the way, Cole Taylor. Nice. Wilson proceeded to throw Taylor's shoe 20 yards downfield in what may have been Florida's best pass of the night. That's right, his shoe. Now, as we all know, unless you are Mike Milbury, no athlete should ever use a shoe for other than its intended purpose in a sporting contest. However, because of Wilson's shoe nanigans, see what I did there? LSU drove down the field with its renewed faith in the football gods and LSU kicker Katie York, got great names in the SEC, nailed a 57-yard field goal to win the game. Now, you are thinking, one, when will this segment end? And two, why not Marco Wilson as Dope of the Week? Well, my friends, he would have been had Coach Mullen not stolen the crown from him. Mullen, the same coach that earlier this season advocated for all 90,000-plus fans to fill the swamp this season at Florida home games, gave this explanation after the game to reporters as to what Wilson did with Taylor's shoe. I went back to watch the play, and he made the tackle and part of the football move. The kid's shoe was in his hand, and he kind of threw it and jumped and celebrated with his teammates. I don't think there was any intent to taunt, and it wasn't like he was throwing it at their sidelines or doing any of that. Close quote. I'm sorry, what? 
a football move, no intent to taunt. <laughs> he kind of threw it. He tackled a kid, grabbed his shoe, and threw it 20 yards down the field. That is not a casual toss, as Mullen implied. And what football move ends with your opponent's shoe in your hand? So, Dan Mullen, for your absurd defense of your player's bonehead play, for blindly supporting one of the dumbest plays in recent NCAA history, and for clearly not knowing what taunting or throwing truly mean, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congratulations, Coach Mullen. The certificate is in the mail. I tell you, you couldn't make that stuff up. No. You couldn't, man. Sports, man. man. It's just sports. It's, It's why we do this, man. That's why we do it. Indeed. But we just want to tell everybody out there, don't be a dope. Don't be a dope. Don't be a dope. Please. And, but unless you want to be immortalized on this show, don't be a dope. And Rob will do that. He is immortalized. I will. I will. People. Well, Including folks, myself. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to make it a 90-minute show today. We really, we really did. We're getting better at it, okay? We are. But we had just so much to talk about, and uh, you know, this is what we do here. Look, before we go, uh, we want to uh, thank Dean Blundell up in uh, the Great White North in Canada. We, uh, as Sports Hunters and four other podcasts, uh, we're in the top five uh, of this competition, uh, Competition, which is the... Uh, or a competition. Yes, is the Show Me Your Pod, I believe it's called. Anyway, the announcement, uh, the winner are going to be uh, picked this Friday on Dean's show, and uh, we're crossing our fingers. If we yes. end up winning, uh, it'll be pretty impressive, and we'll join the, we're going to be, Become a part of the uh, Dean Blundell Podcast Network, which is one of the top sports podcast networks in all of Canada. It's big so, news, folks. We're really excited, and we just, thank just to be all of you the top for your five, support. Right? Yeah, you know, just to be included. It's like they say at the Oscars: just to be nominated is great, which is kind of true. Now I know how they feel. It is great to be nominated. And no, there weren't there weren't five entries into the contest. If you're wondering, there were slightly more. I think seven or eight. Either way, whatever the case, we're thrilled. We couldn't be happier. Our, our, the little engine that could that is this show is moving in the right direction. So thank you. Stay with us. We're getting better every week. Yes. But, again, a big nod to Dean up there and, and Hulk. Thank you, Dean. The, uh, Dean Blundell show up there in uh, Canada. And, again, make, uh, make sure you follow at Make sure you follow at D. Blundell show on Twitter. Yeah. Make sure Give him a follow. Rob's it's worth it. Come and find you. Yes. All right, last little station note. Again, we will be back here next week. We're, we promise it won't be a, a, a over ninety minute. Uh, or the, you know, the wives are going to really get mad at us, the girlfriends and stuff. So, right, because it is and, uh, they and everybody else. Yeah, and everybody else. So, with that said, to everybody, thanks so much for listening, downloading, subscribing, and uh, from yours truly, Paulie. Everybody, be safe out there, and we'll see you next week. And as always, Rob, see the loops to the crew. Toodle, toodaloo, folks. Rate us, review us, love us. We love you. Peace. Ancho's out.